973 text 84850 Steve Allen Morning, four minutes past four is the time. It's nice to be with you. It's nice to be anywhere this morning. I woke up feeling so ill because what I'd done last night, now, I don't know whether or not I've made a rod for my own bat here, but I quite like Branston Pickle. But they've brought out a Branston Pickle which is made of, um, what are those purple things? (laughs) Beetroot. It's a beetroot pickle. Okay, now I, I quite like beetroot pickle, but I'd never had it before on cheese. Just before I had the beetroot pickle, I had a craving for something sweet. So I bought myself a small trifle from M&S. You know, one of these individuals. So I had this individual trifle, which, which had the effect of sort of literally making me crawl up the wall because there was so much sugar in it. And then afterwards, I then got the craving for having the cheese with this, with this beetroot pickle on. I woke up halfway through. My stomach was going like the clappers. It was... I'd, well, no, I didn't have that. I just felt ill. I felt sick. I thought, I'm going to be sick. Um, you know, and you only wake up and you think, and your stomach is churning, and it didn't matter. And I woke up at about one o'clock. So I looked at the clock, I thought, it's one o'clock. It's too early, go back to sleep. But I couldn't go back to sleep because I was frightened in case I was sick. I've done this twice now. I must be allergic to certain foods or something. So anyway, so I, I sort of did this, and then I sort of lay there. And then I watched To the Manor Born on DVD, and that didn't help matters because Audrey was going through this crisis and everything she was talking about seemed to apply to me. So I've kind of, I've kind of lost the will to live after that. And then we sort of got here at breakneck speed this morning, rushed into the building, completely knocking myself out as you go round the spiral staircase. Because we've got this new spiral. It's like being at the funfair, except you have to walk it. So you walk all the way up. When you get to the top, I need oxygen. It's like being at the top of Mount Everest. Great views of Leicester Square. It's all very nice. Very, very happy with everything. And, and all I wanted was a cup of tea. And in the car, I'd have the window open. I was having a real, a real mare of a day out there today. And I'm not feeling 100% at the moment. But then Anthony Davis was ill yesterday. He's only just got back from holiday. And he's gone deaf, apparently. <laughs> Which means that he probably came back with a cold. Because if you come back with a cold and you fly, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? And, and, then, and, and, and then, then your ears don't pop. And you know you sit there and you're supposed to suck a sweet and you're supposed to do all these kind of things. And it doesn't work. Exactly. If you can find a fisherman's friend, and luckily they are still the most popular sweets, and they do different strengths of them. Now, frankly, I mean, I, know, I never like the things anyway. But you have to take those, and you have to keep going. And all of a sudden it goes, and, and your ears pop. But until, is there something the matter with the air conditioning in the studio this morning? I mean, it is a bit like being in a sauna. I mean, it's very nice, you know, but frankly, nobody's going to pay to see me with my clothes off. Oh, I don't know, though, actually. Oh, here we go. This is the, have we dangled the tea bag in the cup situation again. I don't, you know, I'm not bitter or twisted or anything. It's very warm in here, though, isn't it? You not think? Just me. Anyway, he says, talking to himself, it's boiling hot. I'm having one of those days, I think. Anyway, so at least it's Monday. I trust your weekend went well. I saw nothing on the television. I saw nothing. I had, I had almost, not a, not a completely uh, television-free weekend, but I didn't see as much as I thought. I didn't see the dancing uh, on ice. Uh, to be honest with you, I really couldn't care less. I haven't watched Celebrity Big Brother, but I know that uh, some of you have. And, uh, and you're all voting, I think, to get rid of Andrew Stone or Ireland's answer to Jordan. But to be honest with you, Andrew Stone's an irritant anyway. Anybody with sort of blonde hair who fancies themselves, you know, is, is a little bit irritating. And he, Andrew Stone is, is not... Well, I don't think Andrew Stone's camp. I don't think he's, he's camp. I think he's just irritating. But, but blondes tend to be like that, don't they? I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's sort of... You know, some people, they, they call themselves strawberry blonde. 
strawberry blonde or something like that. But unfortunately, the bad news for people who go out with guys who are blonde is that they lose their hair first. You know, you can hang on to it. It's the weakest hair, blonde hair. It's not strong hair. And generally, by the time people are about sort of getting into their 30s, it starts receding. And once it... You never find... Yeah, of course, as you go into your 30s... Oh, it's going back a long way, that one, isn't it? And uh, so it's, it's going. And it will. You, you show me any blonde person who's still got a full head of hair by the time they get to 50, and I'll show you my bank balance. On second thoughts, I will not show you my bank balance. Because I've suddenly realised at the end of this month, it's tax. Tax time. Oh, everybody hates that, don't they? Let's have a quick, uh, quick check on what we're doing today. 0845 6060 uh, also, 84850 or steve at lbc.co.uk. Especially if you've... There was this programme on the telly, I was telling Christo, and it was people who pawn things. And what... They found the oddest people. I mean, there was a couple of very genuine people. Then there was one woman who, to be honest with you, even she admitted a lot of it was shoplifted stuff. So she... Because she, she had no concept. She was the stupidest person I've ever seen on the television. She can't have come from London. And what she did, she, she got this jewellery from oh, all sorts of places, she said... And, and then she went out and pawned it. So they would take it into this place, either on the high street, uh, because there's places like that, it used to be called pawnbrokers. And what you do is they, they give you a loan against the jewellery. The trouble is, have a look at the jewellery you're wearing at the moment. And I'm not a big jewellery person. I don't have sort of, you know, Diamante drop earrings and a tiara or anything like that, like some people I can mention around here. And, and, and you look at it and you think, I spent maybe, I don't know, £3,000 on this, this tiara. Now, that's retail. When you take away what it's actually worth, it comes down to probably about £600. And people are terribly disappointed. So people are taking their jewellery and going, oh, you know, I've, I've had this for ages. And they look at it and they go, it's worth about, you know, £70. We'll lend you 40 But then you've got to pay interest. There was this poor woman, uh, Polish, and love, lovely flat. Really lovely. A little bit Greek, the flat. And I say a little bit Greek because she appeared to have a very formal sitting room and then she had the place where they, they sit. It's, 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 it's a two-sitting room job. And, and there wasn't plastic on the seats, but there was lots of dried flower arrangements underneath, underneath bits of furniture. It's, it's a very Greek thing. The Greeks have, you know, a little... A, a, a very nice sitting room, which has got, like, a little rope across the door and you just peer in there. Nobody ever goes in there because it's constantly dusted and it's lovely and it's got plastic on the seats. Then they've got the functional room where you sit down... And, and you watch television, it's just got a couple of settees and a, and a, and, and, and a buffet uh, in the middle of the floor for you to put your feet on. And, uh, you know, and, and that's how it works. And so she has this arrangement, but her marriage split up, so now she can't afford to pay the rent. And so she's pawned her ring. Uh, in fact, she pawned a couple of rings, and she got £420. OK, now the idea is that you give them your jewellery, they lend you money against it, but they charge you interest... On the money. So they then phone her up. Oh, hello, Trisha, we'll call her for the purposes. Of it. It's not Trisha. We'll just look at the screen, actually. It's not Trisha. But it was, it was, it was called a Beryl. So, so <laughs> Beryl phones up. And she, oh, hi, Beryl. And they're all very chatty at the end of the phone. I thought, of course you are. The amount of money you're making. And they go, right, your, your first month's interest is due. And it's £125. I thought, she hasn't got any money. She's just had to pawn two rings to get the £425, and her first month is up, and already she owes £125 on, on the, the money that you've lent her. It's kind of it's a no-win situation for, for a lot of people who find themselves in hardship. And, of course, all these companies, whilst they claim that they're doing, you know, a very good job, and they are, but it doesn't help people get out of debt. You need to... I mean, I'm talking of getting out of debt. Is that Martin Lewis, the debt counsellor person? 
I turned on the television the other day. I did turn on the television, actually. It was obviously in the background. I was obviously doing something. I think I'm finishing off some tapestry cushion covers. But anyway, so I'm, I'm sort of there. And, and up comes Martin Lewis on Mastermind. But the joke was it was cele- ooh, Celebrity Mastermind. Is the music playing? Celebrity Mastermind. And I thought, you can't seriously believe that you're a celebrity. Because I didn't know anybody else on the panel of celebrities. There were four of them. He's on Millionaire as well, is he? Oh, he is a millionaire. Well, I'm not surprised. You know, anybody that can sort of, you know, tell people about how to, how to manage money always does quite well with things like that. But he's not a celebrity. Don't don't play with your head. It'll drop. No, really, don't. And um, and so he was on this thing, and I'm looking at these other people, and they're going, it's celebrity mastermind. And I didn't... And the, and the questions, a five-year-old could have done them. He had the easiest, peasiest question. It was like, you know, Robin Hood and his merry... You know, not going to be women, is it? It's going to be men. And it was it was really dumb. And then they give him this thing. And I thought, can't, perhaps I can't find any celebrities. Perhaps the BBC have run out of celebrities. And I thought, well, perhaps they should come round here. You know, we've got loads of celebrities in this building. Loads. Of, I mean, not, I don't include myself or anything like that. But we have loads of celebrities round here. And I thought, if, if Martin Lewis and these other people, who I'd never even heard of, if you know who they were, do tell me, because I've got no idea at all, I'm afraid. Uh, so we'll probably talk about that a little bit later on, because you know we have a special podcast. We have a new free podcast for you, which is downloadable every day. Only one person in the entire world couldn't find it. And uh, I can't remember who it was. They actually sent me a thing uh, over the weekend uh, saying, uh, I can't find your... F- there's only one up there. No, they're all up there. I think there's four up there, four of the free podcasts. It's about 15, 20 minutes, and it's the usual thing. And I will be this morning talking about Celebrity Big Brother. We'll have to talk about Andrew Stone. Uh, not not too much about Andrew Stone, because, frankly, a man who is more delusional than even Nancy delusional, I'm afraid. There's, there's not really a lot you can say about him, apart from the fact that he has... I don't know what he does. He works at Pineapple Dance Studio as, as some failed pop star. I think... He, I mean, the trouble is, he's now... He's, he's 40, so he's a bit ridiculous, prancing around like that. He actually... Natalie Cassidy, apparently, is doing quite well, but I can't stand her. I can't stand Natalie Cassidy. I think you're entitled to not like certain people on the television. And Natalie, with her trumpet, you know, was, was the sort of person who, um, who frankly got on my nerves first time round. <laughs> she's like that woman on Country File, Ellie somebody. She's another one who I find deeply irritating. doesn't matter. You know, luckily we're all entitled to an opinion. And luckily we're all able to sort of say, well, you know, I don't like that person, I don't like this person. It's great, really. I love it. I absolutely love not liking certain people on the television because then I'm sure deliberately, just to annoy me, they actually put all these people on there. Matt in Greater Manchester, he says, um, I never got my bank account sorted as I didn't have the appropriate ID, thus having to now get a driving licence. Dancing on Ice was ghastly with Christine, although Louis Spence was worse. (gasps) Is it possible? Is it possible? For him to actually to be worse. I did see a little... Actually, I must have watched a bit of television, because in the back of my mind, they went to Louis Spence, and, and he, he was fairly articulate. He was, he was fairly articulate. Not sort of... Not greatly over the top, but, but not... He doesn't really know what he's talking about. He knows about the dancing, I suppose. But he's... He'll have to, he'll have to rein back in on this one. Christine Bleakley, the papers have told you, today will not be showing a lot of cleavage... Uh, and the reason for that is she doesn't have any cleavage. <laughs> she is more flat-chested than uh, than I am, I'm afraid. She doesn't have it. We, we saw her on Loose Women, and they were joking about doing cleavage and all that. And she said, "No, she, she can't do it unless she's going to wear one of those wonder bras." I suppose that and that could be the uh, the way ahead. I suppose. Good luck with your bank account. It's quite. They make it quite difficult for you now to open bank accounts. Uh, 
You know, because they always worry about people money laundering, so they want as many, you know, bits of ID as they can possibly get. Look at the time. It's LBC 97.3, time 4.15. LBC 97... Morning, 18 minutes, very nearly past four o'clock in the morning, Monday morning. It is lovely to have your company. It's Steve Allen's semi-early breakfast, which I quite like. So I, I would love to hear from you. If you've used one of these companies where they lend you money... I mean, I, I have been in the unfortunate position many years ago uh, to have to go and sell a watch because I needed some money. I mean, uh, just one of those days where, you know, you don't have, don't have you know, money in your, in your pocket. And you, and you have to go and, uh, and you have to sell. And I had this lovely watch. I can't remember where I got it from, actually. I think I found it on a bus or something. But anyway, and so I, I took it into this. Uh, it was on, on somebody's wrist, I think. And, and I, I take it into this, this place. Strangely enough, because LBC were actually running an advert for this company at the time. And it was saying, you know, if you've got a, a nice Rolex watch or you've got... I didn't have a Rolex, it was something else. And so I took it in there. But, of course, the moment you go in, they know that, you know, you want to sell it. So that's why. Because you don't want to walk out, do you, with, with the same thing. So you go in there and he looked at it. And I thought it was quite... An, it was um, a Boucheron. And they're, they're, quite, they're quite flash watches. And he went um, something like £30. And because I needed £30, I took £30. But I wish I hadn't. I wish I'd had the courage of my convictions and walked out and gone, no. Oh, Steve, people who are, who are blonde over 50 and still have their own hair, Michelle Pfeiffer and Sharon Stone, yes, but they're, they're bleached blonde hair. They're ble- women, women's hair is different from men. Most men start losing. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, you know, around here at the moment, and I'm sort of thinking, you know, there'll be a comb-over job shortly, you know. I can't wait to see this, this, this particular person I'm looking at in about... But it'll have to be sooner than 20 years, because I don't think I'll live as long as 20 years. But, you know, just to see whether they've started doing the... You know, people do that. And it doesn't... See, it's no good, you know, if, if you are slightly losing your hair. You, you know when you're losing it, when you sort of... You go and look in somebody's plug hole, and you, and you go there and you go, oh, look, some hair is in the plug hole, and you have to rescue it again. Because that's... Because we lose so many thousands of hairs off our head every day. Uh, and it, it will go, I promise you. T- as sure as God made little apples, I'm telling you, blonde hair is weaker than, than black hair. Black hair is strong. Look me. I'm telling you, it's true. But so, Rob, Robert Redford, yes, I, mean, well, I suppose he, he might be the odd exception. Dolph Lundgren, I don't know enough about Dolph. Is he the one, is he, is he not muscles from Brussels, is it? That's somebody else, I think. And, um, and somebody says, how did you manage that smooth complexion as seen on the ITV News on Friday? I was furious, furious, no makeup, no makeup at all. That was talking about lovely, uh, lovely Bob Holness. Because I did actually do the AM programme. On LBC. I did do it and, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed doing it. Only for a week. Only for a week. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it was very stressful at the time of the programme. <laughs> Bob Holness ran it very well. Him, him and Doug. I'll tell you what I loved hearing. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, there's the interview that Douglas Cameron did, I think with James Whale. Douglas Cameron doesn't sound a day older. He, he sounds exactly the same as he did all those, uh, all those years ago. He sounds exa- In fact, I was listening to it thinking, do you know, honestly, it, it could transport me back that. Really could. Um, another one here. I love Natalie Cassidy. She's so down to earth and real. I respect that you dislike her. Well, listen, everybody's entitled to not like people. Heavens above, I didn't like the milkman this morning, but that's another story. You know, it's, it's, it's if you see people on the television. And unfortunately, she's, uh, she's just had, had a baby. I think these people should be staying at home. I'm ever so sorry. I know she said... Uh, you know, if anybody criticises me for leaving my, my child at home, then I'll just tell them it's for, it's for her, her future, which is, which is great. 
that then you think to yourself, that's the best that we, we, we offer people now. Quite clearly, she can't get an acting job for love nor money. So the, the route ahead for people like Natalie Cassidy uh, will be reality shows. But after you've seen a few reality shows with people on there, you, you've kind of had enough, haven't you? You go, oh, look, Kerry Katona again. Not. Because she's in the papers uh, yesterday, thinking of getting married again. She's only known this bloke four months, so or th- three months, so just about a, a long engagement as far as she's concerned. Now the MPs are telling us what to drink. And they're saying you should have at least two alcohol-free days a week and take your weight into account when you're calculating um, all, the, uh, all the units. Because I've got no idea how you're supposed to calculate units. Apparently there is a rise as well in elderly people drinking. Not surprised. Not much fun being elderly, is it? So what do you do? Drink. Apparently last year, how many drink-related hospital admissions for the over-65s? How many? Four? Hundred? Three? Five hundred and twenty thousand? Nearly five hundred and twenty-one thousand drink-related issues compared with 197,000 in 2002-2003. So obviously elderly people are drinking more. And I wonder really, you know, whether or not we're all supposed to be... I mean, I I realise that it isn't very good for you to drink that much alcohol, but I I wonder really whether you're one of those older people who is is drinking. Alec Jones is blonde, still has all his hair. It's it's going, though. It's going. And he's at that age now. He's hit that age. So, no good thinking of all these people just to try and trip me up. I'm not buying this this morning, I'm afraid. I'm definitely not buying it. I realise that that there might be a few people, Okay, There might be a few people. But apart from that, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Uh, Dawn says, I was chuffed to hear you say my name on your extra podcast on Friday. It's available after the programme. You mentioned Matt Cardle and how he's planning on releasing another album. You weren't sure if it was a good idea. Um, So, she's filling me in, because I wasn't sure if the first album would do would do very well. So uh, October for his album, and it entered the charts at number two behind Noel Gallagher. And uh, so so it's actually done a little bit better. Today, Sunday, it's gone up to 23 in the new album chart for the week. And, uh, well, that's quite good, isn't it? It's not bad, actually. She's going to go and see Matt live again on his tour. On his tour. Matt Cardle, eh? That's like booking tickets for Girls Aloud, as far as I'm concerned. That's like, what sad I would want to buy tickets for Girls Aloud. Yeah, Cheryl, Cheryl. Yeah. Sad people losing their hair. I suppose, actually, if you stand up on stage, you could look down at all the blondes losing their hair. You could just, you'd recognise them because the lights would be bouncing off the top of their heads. Panic stations very shortly. But uh, she says that gig sold out. She's in row B in the circle because the stall sold out quickly. People love the stalls, don't they? And you've been speculating over Andrew Stone on how old he is. 39, he's been telling people. Born in 1972, which ties in with him being 39. Yes, well, it's, to be honest with you, it's easy to say that, isn't it? It's easy because people work it out. It's like when you, when you go into a club, they go, how old are you? And you go, 23. What year were you born? You've memorised what year you were born. And you start believing it, I think. He says, so that's the age he's claiming to be. Big hi to Robert Craig Morgan, your avid listener in Ireland. And uh, both of them are watching <laughs> Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> so there you go. There's two people. Two people there. And guess whose film has done really well? Margaret Thatcher's. Margaret Thatcher's film has uh, raced away at the box office. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that it's actually done that well. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled it has for them. Some people are saying that it's come out too early. Perhaps they, they should have waited till after she died or something like that. 
But it doesn't matter because you're quite clearly fascinated by this this person. And uh, it's been playing to sell out crowds across the country. The last film you would expect that would play to sell out cloud, uh, crowds. I thought it would maybe do quite well and then they'd release it on DVD and that's when I'll buy it. Because I, I tend to wait for D- I can't sit in cinemas. I've decided I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not the kind of person to sit there with a huge bucket of popcorn and a, and a giant hot dog. So uh, I'm delighted that uh, she's proving as formidable at the box office as, uh, as anybody else. And then, of course, there was that other big premiere, which we had in Leicester Square the other day, of War Horse. And uh, it was Prince William and Kate. And everyone's saying, oh, how delighted they, they, they picked it. I thought they were launching their, their charity. That's how it ties in with War Horse. That's how the thing works out. So they had War Horse and they had the horse down there. And the horse was Joey, and the young actor, Jeremy Irvine. And uh, Prince William looked great, and Kate looked fantastic. But it was a little bit damp. But, I mean, who cares? Who cares? If you can walk a horse down a red carpet without any mishaps, I think that, that shows that they're on the right level. So, some of the, um, the storylines within War Horse, I don't know if you've ever read it, but uh, the, the characters come in and out quite quickly. And in the film, it's the same thing. But as you can well imagine, it's a teary one. So you'll need to take... Uh, a small box of tissues just to uh, just to get you through it. Sometimes I sit there sometimes. I'm terrible. When I actually went, went to see the stage show, I start blubbing before the lights have gone down. You know, I've only got to sit there and think about the cost of the ticket. And, I'm, and when you do start crying, and especially if you're doing it publicly, you have to kind of pretend to everybody around you you've got something in your eye, don't you? I was pretending it was dust. Unfortunately, the person I was with and everybody else also had dust in their eye. There was quite a lot of dust in the theatre that day. There's a couple in the paper today. Well, in fact, there's quite a number of couples. But this, this particular couple are one of the 190 families in the country uh, with 10 children who get £60,000 plus benefits per year. I thought condoms would have been more useful to these families as opposed to, uh, as opposed to the, the children they've got here. The house is cramped, say Mr and Mrs Smith, with their 10 children. They rake in... 94,000 a year, 94,500 pounds, and they say it's not enough. They're still not happy. Stop having children. Stop having children. I mean, they actually have, have breakfast delivered to them. They live in a four bedroom house rent free. The council pays for breakfast to be delivered. They were evicted from their previous home in Bath, leaving it uninhabitable, according to the former landlord, who claimed that mattresses and walls were stained with, well, just, you know, everything you can think of. And so they uh, they actually kicked them out. And uh, these, these, I mean, to be honest with you, they're a waste of space, this couple. They haven't worked. They have not worked since 2001. And when, when they decided to not work, they had three children. Now they get child benefits, disability living allowance, carer's allowance, tax credits, total income support, £44,000 a year, and it's not enough for them. Well, don't have children. Goodness sakes. I never understand why so so many people just think that we have to pay for them. Why? Why, why, why? Emma says, average hair loss per day is 100 hairs. Over that, you have alopecia. Men have, whatever it is, which is male hormones acting on the hair follicles. The action of the male hormone shrinks the hairs over time. Robert Redford is actually a redhead. Ha <laughs> ha! So there you go. Mark says, Mayor Boris is certainly showing no signs of balding. He still has that, oh, it's very thin. Come on. Come on, goodness sake, it's not exactly a, a thick wave of hair. Now, he's not blonde, is he? He's more, he's more platinum. Platinum, which is, which is you know, platinum's OK, actually. Uh, there you go. Somebody said Robert Redford's very gingery. I think he's sort of, he's, he's sort of red. 
I do like red, actually. I do like red, especially if it's really good red. But you get, a, you know, if it's a really, not, not, not dyed red, but sort of natural, natural red is quite nice, actually. I used to be blonde. When I was, when I was young, shut your faces. I used to be, actually, when I was platinum, if you look at all my baby pictures, which I won't be showing you this morning, I'll show you this one. There you go. Okay, nice. And, uh, and that's me sitting in the bath. And, uh, and I look quite good, actually. Platinum blonde curls. Time's been cruel to me. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast time, 4.30. Morning. It is nice to be with you, actually, on Monday. I know everybody hates Monday morning. I'm not one of these people. I mean, I'm, I'm not feeling 100%, but then I'm, I'm not sort of ill, ill. But I did, I'm definitely not having that beetroot stuff again. Definitely not. Do you know, we, we found a couple in the paper last week who've been married for a long time. Uh, we've actually found somebody who's been married longer. And this is uh, a couple here. They've just celebrated their, wait for it, 86th wedding anniversary. Karam Chand is 106 and his wife, uh, Katari, is 99. They come from Bradford and they tied the knot in a Sikh ceremony on January the 6th, 1925 in India when the country was still under British rule. So they celebrate their 86th wedding anniversary. (laughs) I don't know how, but they have eight children. 27 grandchildren and 23 great-grandchildren, and they put their long marriage down to getting along with each other and enjoying life. That kind of sums it up, doesn't it, really? That's all you need. You don't need anything else. You just need to sort of enjoy life and enjoy each other. It it, it works for loads of people. So well done to them. She says, uh, being married for 86 years is a blessing, but we just get along with each other and we're family-focused. It's very, very simple. And with regards to eating and drinking... They say here, eat and drink what you want, but in moderation. And that's what people have talked about. The government are now trying to get you to drink less. I don't know how much most of you drink, but I'm assuming it's probably the same as everybody else in the country. People go out, more people, especially older people now, are drinking more. And, and I don't know why. Is it, is it Do people drink to forget or do they drink? Because it's not cheap, is it? not cheap to, to drink alcohol because the government are trying to raise the prices, hoping it will stop you drinking. But it kind of isn't working because they can find loads of places where they'll be selling cheap booze. There's loads of little off-licences. They're all struggling to make a living. So they're, they're not going to be remotely interested when the government turns around and says to them, listen, you, you must cut back and you must raise your prices. And they go, listen, we're trying to make a living here. Bad enough being squeezed out by greedy landlords. The one thing they have to do... I know a, a, a couple... Who have a who have a place in in around my area, and uh, and, they, and they they get there midday. They've had to go to the cash and carry. They come back and they sit there, and sometimes they're actually asleep. You go in there. They must. They're, they're quite elderly, and they sit there asleep until somebody goes in there. But uh, I should imagine they must lose loads of stock because people people pinch. I'm afraid. So this morning I'd love to hear if you, if you've been to one of those places where you you trade your jewellery in. No names. No no pack drill. Uh, I don't start naming companies on the programme because I'm, I don't know the certain things. But I'd like to know how much you got, how much you thought you were going to get, and did you send it back again? Because they did all the ones with the envelopes. And this, this company that they featured on the television was a company that you would phone up and say, oh, I've got a Rolex, and, and they would go, oh, right, do you have any other watches? They were obviously keen, and, and when you watched the operation, the operation that they, they were sort of undergoing, they were very keen to get as many things in to their building as possible. So if you have a Rolex watch, well, I mean, do you have a, another another watch as well? OK, you've got a Seiko and, and anything else around, you know? And they, they're trying to get as much stuff as possible. And then they go, right, well, put that in a bag. We'll then give you an assessment for it. And then you either accept it or presumably you don't accept it. I think that's how they work. 
0845 973. And Elvis Presley would have been how old today? 77, Noreen tells me. 70... Blimey. Do you think he still would have been performing? Answer... I bet he would, actually. I've just got a feeling that Elvis Presley would still have been performing. He would have he would sort of come out of, uh, of sort of semi-retirement and probably done, done sort of, you know, a, a series in Vegas and the fans would have packed it out. They would have packed it out. So, uh, Presley fans, I, I can still remember the night that it was announced that Presley was dead. I, was, I can tell you exactly where I was. They always say you remember certain things. And I remember the night that Presley's death was announced. I did... Um, Marvin Gaye's death on LBC, and I've had a, a few other ones when I was news reading, and uh, and the Elvis one. I was lying in bed at home, and I woke up to hear somebody saying Elvis Presley has been found dead at his uh, at his home, Gracelands, and then I thought, no, I can't be right. Can I? You know, you hear about certain people, you just don't expect them to go. You think they're they're going to live forever and ever, and he wasn't very old at all, but he would have been seventy seven. Seventy seven. Unbelievable. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. If you've uh, if you've done the gold jewellery stuff, did you get what you thought you were going to get? Uh, did you manage to get it back again, or has it gone to be melted down? Because with this particular company they featured, they took the jewellery in, then you paid interest per month on it, and then after a certain while, if you couldn't pay the interest back, which I'm assuming most people couldn't, it then went to auction. And, of course, when they go for auction, they don't fetch the prices. So as long as they get their money back, you end up with a little bit afterwards, which isn't a lot. This, uh, I said there was this poor Polish woman, £420 for the jewellery, for the rings, and she needed that. But the interest was stacking up at about 125 quid a month. And I thought, well, in three months, you're going to be owing the £425 plus £375. Before you know where you are, you're looking at £1,000 you owe these people. So when they sell the item for you, and maybe it makes, you know, 1200 or 1000 and a penny, you get the penny. Because the rest of it has gone to paying off your your loan. It, it struck me as just, you know, I don't know, I just felt sorry for the people having to do it. I mean, there were a couple of people on there who I thought were very genuine, and then there was a couple of people who I thought... I mean, one woman was saying, oh, where will it all end? We'll all just be stealing. The, you know, the prisons are overcrowded and nobody cares. And I thought, well, that's probably the attitude. Most of the stuff that she was pawning looked like it had been nicked. It was, it was one of those things. She didn't care either way. Made no difference. I mean, she thought it was hilarious. And then the, uh, the interviewer said to her, you know, do you not think that you don't really handle money very well? And she went, what's it got to do with you? I mean, she was half joking. Half joking when she came up with that answer. But I thought to myself, no, for people like that, they live hand to mouth. You know, she didn't seem to worry if something was stolen. It really didn't make any difference at all to her. I, I, I felt a bit sorry for her because her life was hand to mouth. But she had all this jewellery on there. I'm looking at all thinking, you never bought that. You could just tell, can't you? Just get a vibe. Just a vibe. Um, I have watched a couple of programmes over the last couple of weeks, which I'd never seen before. And it's something called Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig apparently has a very cheeky smile and a very cheeky attitude. But what they're saying is it's making children naughty. She is a bad influence. Many complain their sons and daughters have started to copy the naughty behaviour of the cartoon pig and her younger brother, George, by answering back to their parents. Some have even banned the programme because they claim it's made the children misbehave. One father spoke of his despair at how his four-year-old had taken to splashing in what he gleefully called muddy puddles on his way to school, copying Pepper's favourite pastime. Others reported their children had started shouting, ''Chocolate cake!'' whenever they were asked what they would just like for breakfast, just like George Pig. ''The more I see, the more alarmed I am at the choice of behaviour put into this cartoon,'' one mum wrote on the parenting website, 
Mumsnet. George Pig, who my son loves, says yuck at vegetables and only wants to eat chocolate cake. Unfortunately, a day after that, my son wouldn't eat his cucumber and tomatoes. And, uh, and there's loads of other people. Although, so, but then everybody's influenced by things, aren't they, that you see on the television. And I suppose no more than Peppa Pig and kids sit there and they don't know what's real and what's, what's pretend. They just go, chocolate cake or yuck. They go, oh. I mean, I think on, on the BBC, we had uh, two supposedly adult presenters who thought it was hilarious to go around shouting bogeys. That apparently was considered quite, quite sort of funny. But then, you know, in their limited mind... And, of course, everybody else liked it as well, which is, um, which, which, which is rather a shame, really, because you just sort of think to yourself, it's, it's not taking television to a new level. You know, it's, we're supposed to sort of upgrade everything, but, uh, but not, I'm afraid. <clears throat> Steve, I sent a complaint to uh, Channel 5... Um, Pressing them for a response. This is people, a lot of people complaining about about the uh, so-called celebrity Big Brother, which is a bit sad as it doesn't really have any proper celebrities in it. But uh, they said, uh, what makes me laugh on the Big Brother Facebook page, there was a picture of Natalie Cassidy stuffing herself with a coconut macaroon. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and it makes you think. She once stood on national television lecturing everybody on weight, then tried to flog her fitness DVD, and now... She's put all the weight back on again. I know, because, as I said to you before, they don't, they don't seriously want to lose weight. They're doing it to make money. So they give them a personal trainer, and uh, once they've given them the personal trainer, uh, they then do three months, so coming up to Christmas, uh, three months, you work yourself into the ground. Claire Nazir did it. They've all done it. And uh, I think she's managed to keep off most of the weight. And they always put a picture of, oh, look, here's me caught by a paparazzi in the park when I'm looking very fat, wearing a bikini. Like, you know, if you were that fat, you wouldn't be standing in a park unless you're trying to do it to put a picture on the front of it. Because once you've got it in the newspapers, they go, oh, isn't it terrible how fat she is? You know, because I did predict at the time, the moment we saw Claire Nazir, bless her, standing in a park in a bikini looking very, very fat, I said, I bet you anything, there's a fitness DVD around the corner. And blow me down three months later, out it came. And then she popped up on all the television programmes. She probably made, I don't know, 150,000. Because, sadly, people want to go and buy these things. And they, um, and, and, and they just think that the weight's going to fall off. It's going to fall off if... The only way it's going to fall off is if you take one of these fitness trainers. And the fitness trainer comes round every morning and says, Right, ready? Off we go. Because if you left your own devices, you're not going to do it. First of all, a thousand press-ups. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe 20. Maybe 20 press-ups. And so they do, they do a few little bits of uh, press-up. And then they wonder why the weight doesn't come off. With a fitness trainer, come on, off we go. Fitness... You know, and you go and do a circuit to warm up, and then we're going to start doing some uh, some uh, some pulling on the rowing machine, and then we'll do some above our head weights, and we're going to do stuff like that, and then eventually it starts coming off. But if you're left to your own devices, you're not going to do it. You're not interested in losing the weight, unless, of course, you're one of these very good people, because some people just take to to exercise and they they love it. I'm not one of those people. Frankly, it drives me crackers. I wish I could be one of those people that could just go into the gym every day and, and lose weight. But it, it's not going to happen. It's absolutely not going to happen at all, I'm afraid. 08456060973. So is, is Peppa Pig making toddlers a little bit naughty? But then they must be influenced by everything. Are there other programmes where you've started noticing that they are repeating some of the, uh, some of the funny lines in there? Because, I mean, you, you can't just say to the child, the pig was only pretending... It was naughty because they don't understand. They don't understand anything. You know, they go. So it, it doesn't. You know, you mustn't say chocolate cake. Why? Well, Pepper Pig says chocolate cake. No, you mustn't say chocolate cake. But unfortunately, it's it's a bit late, isn't it? By that time. 
you. Look at you. Have you seen what I've got upstairs? Oh, you'll die on this one. <laughs> it's cake time, isn't it? Not yet. Not yet. No, it's quarter to five. Sounds lovely. We've waited all weekend for this one. This is the boss. Sort of, she's she's been been creating. She's done a pavlova. She's she made a pavlova. She brought she put it in a cake tin and everything. Look at this. A pavlova at the quarter to five in the morning. How cool. Look at that. And a knife. And a knife as well. Oh, well, that's gone, isn't it? And the next part of the programme, it could be up on the ceiling. Look at this. Oh, I like this. Now, this is a good bit. Do people have Tupperware anymore? This is really... This... Oh, oh, God. I've got it back on again. I like this box. This is... This is really good. We might have to do... We might have to take a very, very quick break, actually. I'll just... I'll just try one of the raspberries with the cream. Just to, I can have the box as well. God, bloody, it's not my birthday, is it? It's like Christmas, this. Mm. Oh, it's delicious. These raspberries just taste like they've come out of somebody's garden. You know when you used to go and pick raspberries in your garden? Oh, dear. Hang on. Oh, look at... Oh, we have to take a short break, ladies and gentlemen. I'm only doing this purely so I can be very greedy and have a little piece of pavlova. So expect the next bit of the programme to <laughs> start racing away. It's only quarter to five as well. This is LBC 97. Morning, 13 minutes to five. Lou, you make a great pavlova. I have to be honest, I haven't had pavlova for such a long time, but we had to make a diabetic version. It's absolutely delicious. <laughs> I know what I'm going to be doing today, just sitting in the corner with a big spoon, I'm afraid. I might share. I don't know. I haven't quite decided yet, but thank you for that. It was really sweet. And the Tupperware box is brilliant. It, it sort of beats hands down all the old Tupperware. It's, people who cook have got all this stuff in the kitchen. I've, I've worked out over a period of time that my mother had stuff in the kitchen, so she had all... The one thing I used to love was lots of little bottles of food colouring. And so she would have these little bottles, and she had cochineal, and there was red and orange, and, and, and because she made cakes. Unfortunately, people who, who do this stuff at home, terribly clever, but, but they're, they're sort of dying out. For the simple reason, they're be, oh, come on, go and buy it. Go and buy it. And so you go out and buy it. Whereas, in fact, the satisfaction, I always assumed, was making... My mother had baking days. And she baked cakes. She didn't bake them to sell, like, you know, the, uh, the ladies from the, uh, from the women's groups and things like that, where they, where they bake... Sp- and some of them are just delicious. My mum used to do coconut macaroons, which were delicious. Little coconut pyramids and rock cakes and all sorts of things with phyllo pastry and puff pastry. Just really, really nice things. Oh, actually, oh, sorry. Something about people taking all, the, all their clothes off at the moment. In the paper, Jan Moyer is pleading, pleading, really, for all these people who, for charity, strip off. And, and they all go out there. It doesn't matter whether you're uh, a student or Oxford University uh, undergraduates, florists from Wallingford. Uh, there's some Irish farmers. And they've all taken their clothes off for these calendars. Now, it started with, of course the calendar girls, and they started the ball rolling. Jan now says, for goodness sake, put your clothes back on. And so she's got six of the original calendar girls posing for one last time. Over 13 years, they have raised three million pounds for leukaemia and, uh, and lymphoma research, lymphoma, which is absolutely fantastic. It's, su- it's such a good film. It really, and, it's, of course, it's got 90% of my favourite actresses, including Celia Imrie. Who, you know, if I was going to do a shrine to anybody, it would be Celia Imrie. But they've got all these people here. They've got Bristol University's netball team. They're all posing with nothing on. New York bartender. There's just everybody. And she says, look, come on. Enough is enough now. Put your clothes back on. And, and then we can, we can get on with our life. I wanted to do an LBC calendar. I was alone in this one, I'm afraid. 
and I thought we, we could have an LBC nude calendar, and we could get all the all the presenters who want to do it, and somebody else, you know, and and we could all hide behind Nick Ferrari. I thought, you know, because you put about six people behind Nick Ferrari, push him to the front, because uh, I thought I, I could do December with a piece of strategically placed holly. Uh, that was a small Christmas tree or something. Anyway, and, and I was sort of thinking that'd be quite a nice idea. And I thought, would that sell for charity? I thought, of course it would. It's just persuading my, my fellow presenters to actually get their kit off. But I thought we, we could sort of do it, you know, in, in a tasteful way. If there is such a... Of course, I'm now falling into the trap that Jan Moore is saying she doesn't want to see any more. She doesn't want to see any more nude calendars. But I don't think anybody has ever done a nude radio calendar. You know, we, we, we have done lots of pictures on the LBC website for you to look at and download, but we've never actually done anything like that. I think it would really push, push the, the bounds, I think. What if you could have persuaded Bob Holness to do that? I wonder if that would have been possible. Actually, Bob was so charming. I don't think that man had an evil bone in his entire body. Really, I didn't. And um, I think we'll be talking about that with Nick Ferrari and the team after 7 o'clock this morning. Susan Bookbinder's here at 6.30 with, uh, with the news half hour. Another story in the paper today, and uh, this is uh, the Dam Busters and uh, the great black and white war films of the 50 carrier. A message, they say, about Britain and our most precious values that still resonate with audiences. Carve their names with pride, all the people. You know, there should be memorials up for everybody. You know, from from Colditz to the Dam, but all these people should have memorials up to them. There's no two ways about it. They are the people who shaped this country. They They are the people, you know, who actually... We knew about, I knew more about the actors who portrayed them than I did about the actual person. So we went out, I mean, I didn't know about, when I went to see Carve Her Name with Pride, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about the cruel sea until I saw Donald Sinden in it. I didn't know what was going on. And it was a way of, of showing you. I mean, there was some, some, we turned out some good war movies. I mean, John Mills was just par excellence. Dickie Attenborough, everybody was in it. I mean, everybody was in it. Jack Hawkins, of course, everybody remembers from the, the cruel sea. Because those war films were the things that made this country what it was. I suppose, in a way, you could call them a little bit of, little bit of propaganda. But I wonder, really, out of all... It was Michael Redgrave, I think, and Richard Todd, wasn't it, who did the, the Dam Busters. So if you have any, any favourite war movies from those periods, do let me know. There might be a few that I've, I've probably missed. 0845 973 uh, Regarding the show Peppa Pig, Steve, influencing children's behaviour, I believe it's a psychological thing. Psychologists uh, found that children are likely to reinforce behaviour when there's a reward. So, in other words, if the cartoon misbehaves and gets what it wants, then vicarious learning takes place and the child uses that to consider. Yes, now, you're, you're not wrong there, because I heard a psychiatrist, a very famous psychiatrist, some years ago, and he, was, he does after-dinner speaking, and he started off by saying, there is no such thing as a badly behaved child. A child comes into the world not knowing, you know, laughter from sadness. It doesn't know anything. All right, pain, it would understand. But a child needs to be trained in the same way that you would train a puppy. Because very, how many times have you sat there, and we've all done it as children, and I'm not eating that, and your mum said, well, you will eat it. There's people starving in Africa. Well, send it to them in a jiffy bag, see if I care. And you sit and you go, come on, eat it, eat it up. Look, here goes the train. Choo, 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 choo. No, I'm not eating it. And so and a child learns very quickly. Eventually, it turned into that programme, Sorry, with Timothy Lumsden, played by Ronnie Corbett, and his mother. And she would say, well, you, well it'll come out again tomorrow, then, that food. 
And so children learn. They'll sit there and they will stubbornly refuse to eat something. They don't want to eat it. They will stubbornly refuse to eat it. And then, eventually, you, you just give up and you throw it away. And they know that they're going to beat you down. They always win. They always, always win. Because they, they learn from a very early age. Either they, they're going to sit there and, uh, and scream their heads off. Or they're just going to sit there and look at the floor or pick up their food and throw it on the floor. They're not remotely interested. <laughs> Ray and Balham says, nice to see you on the ITV News the other night. Talk about the late, great Bob Hollis. I think it was not a good idea to appear before the camera not wearing makeup. <laughs> ah, you don't know if I did or not now, do you? I couldn't believe that she sent a film crew down. You know, I was sort of sitting there twiddling my thumbs. And, um, and they sent the film crew down, which was good. But, I mean, you have to talk about Bob Holness. He was uh, part of my, my growing up, which, uh, which I love. Have you ever noticed how animals can tell their owners are coming home long before they walk through the door? Do your, you, you, I know there's probably people listening who've got dogs and cats, so I know, because we've talked to you before. Do you think they've got telepathic powers? Do you think that your pooch or your, or your pussy is psychic? Do you reckon? 0845 6060 They've done a huge um, piece in the paper today on dogs. They know... Even before you've opened the garden gate, you know, they've actually put hidden cameras in houses and they reckon that most pets have got this, this psychic streak running through them. They're so finely tuned. That's why you can get dogs who can sniff out money or sniff out cocaine or drugs or anything like that. In the same way, you can actually find animals who are so responsive. They're so finely tuned. They know exactly, you know, how their owner is. You've now got dogs that can sniff out cancer. They can find all sorts. I mean, they've got the most amazing dogs which are available. We have hearing dogs for the deaf. We have dogs who answer phones, you know, apart from the usual sort of things. But uh, I wonder really whether, you know, you think your your particular animal, your little pooch, is psychic. There's probably lots of people who think that, you know, I've got a psychic pet, in which case I would uh, I would love to hear from you this morning on 0845 6060 Somebody's very kindly sent me a picture of Natalie Cassidy eating the coconut macaroon, which is lovely. Actually, I could eat a coconut macaroon, but I have a pavlova. I have a, a raspberry pavlova, which is, which is particularly good this morning. 0845 6060 973. So, um, psychic pets this morning. Whether or not you have a pet that you think is psychic, or whether or not you've ever sold your jewellery to one of those companies. Before, I would love to hear from you as well, 0845 973 Did you get what you thought you were going to get for it? Or were you bitterly disappointed? And you went, I tell you what, send it back to me. I'd rather hang on to whatever Auntie Annie left me. Because it's never going to be that much money. Because they don't do retail value. You might have actually got something that might have cost you £1,000, but you might only get £200 for it. Because they, they just take off all the overheads. And they've got to sell it again. So, in other words, if they offer you more than that and it goes into auction, if you, if, if you don't want to keep up the payments, because it strikes me as it's a very expensive thing to do. You're borrowing at 68 70%. We've seen even loans on the television, 5,000%, 6,000% APR. It's only there if you don't pay back. But the trouble is, very shortly, the loan will actually eclipse the amount that you borrowed. So it's, it's almost false economy. If you ask any of the experts, I'm assuming they will all say, listen, you know, in the short term, probably great. It's like juggling credit cards around. But in the long term, it's not the best way to borrow money. It's not the best way to actually uh, to get hold of some money and to make sure. But we've all done it. Most people, eBay. People go on to eBay. But as I've said before, you've got to be very careful on eBay. If ever you see something on there 
that looks too good to be true. There's lots of fakes. There's hardly any... I mean, I bought some Boss jeans the other day, because uh, I'm kind of happening, and uh, I hadn't bought a pair of jeans for a little while, actually, so I was quite excited. I was quite excited to buy a pair of jeans, and I had no idea how much jeans cost. £55. And admittedly, it was in Costco, so I think normally they would have been about £70. Whatever it was, it was a heck of a lot of money for a pair of jeans, but I'm only used to paying about, about £35. So, uh, but we'll talk about your, your psychic pets. And I, I, I need some instances as well. You need, to, you need to convince me on this one, just to, just to let me know exactly how psychic your pet is. Not just necessarily coming home, but uh, whether or not their, their psychic powers have been developed. Because they know all sorts of things, don't they? I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. And there are 27 million pets in this country. 43% of households contain at least one. I suppose you could have... I don't know, would it just be dogs and cats? I don't think cats are particularly psychic, actually. All sorts of cats are a bit, oh, they'll just feed me every so often, just leave me. You know, you're never, never going to get a cat to sort of chase a stick, are you? Whereas a dog will happily sit there all day, because they're not, they're not the brightest penny, and they quite like the exercise, and they sort of bound it, pick up the stick, they run back again. A cat, you know, the first time you do the ball, it's great. Second time, the cat really can't be bothered. It'll just kind of lie there, and, you know, we'll roll the ball to me, and I might, I might, I'm not saying I will, I might move a paw, and we might just, no, I've gone back to sleep again. I'm so sorry. You know, and mice only come alive at night. So you're sitting there, and just you've climbed into bed, and that wheel starts squeaking in the corner, and you start thinking, I wish we'd never had mice. And people who keep rats don't even begin to go there. I couldn't even imagine how you could ever get friendly with a rat. And snakes. We've got a number of listeners who keep snakes. I find it really quite quite frightening. So 0845 6060 973. So your psychic pets, please. If you've ever sent your jewellery away, because you've fallen on, on one of those hard times, and you need the money... Do let us know, 08456060973, if you got what you thought you were going to get, and whether or not you were making a rod for your own back. And, uh, and the secrets to a good marriage and your favourite war films, seeing as they're now saying in the paper today, we should really take on board just how much those films meant. All of that and more, the other side of the news with Sam Pittis on LBC 97.3. Morning, four minutes past five. It's nice to have your company. It's Monday morning. It's LBC 97.3. So this morning, uh, are your pets psychic? Because uh, quite a lot of, uh, of leading psychologists say your pet is a lot more psychic than you imagine. We've, we've had cases, haven't we, of, of dogs sitting by their master or mistress's bodies when they've fallen downstairs and things like that. But they say that your dog knows you're coming home long before you've pushed open the garden gate. How they know these things, I've got no idea. But uh, I'd love your experiences this morning of psychic pets... Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm assuming most of them are going to be dogs. I'm not even sure if cats fall into that category. But we're, 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 we're bound to find some psychic cats. I only remember one on the television. I think it was in a film Hocus Pocus or something like that. Uh, Sarah, good morning. Good morning, Steve. Morning. Um, I don't think animals are psychic. I think all animals, not just pet animals, but wild animals and farm animals, are much more finely tuned than we are. We've lost all our... Um, finer senses, mm. our senses of hearing and, um, and nervous senses and so on. Um, but the animals haven't. They're still very finely tuned. Can, they, can I, they block out things, do you think? I don't know, but I do believe that they can definitely hear and sense and know when um, their owners or when um, their mates are around or mm. whatever. Um, and I think that uh, I heard a story once of a squirrel that removed all her 
youngsters from a dray down a tree and took them up into another tree. Mm. And later on that day, in a, um, a very high storm, the old tree uh, fell down. Um, so she knew that, um, that the storm was coming. She knew it was unsafe. And I think animals know when um, their owners are going to be within proximity or their mates or youngsters or whatever. And this is why, Steve, I think um, that a lot of the things that we do, such as fireworks and war zones, things like this, are so cruel mm. where the animals are concerned because um, they have got very much finer senses than we have. I think there was something like, I, I mentioned the other day, two million horses in World War One died. I know. Two, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I can't even comprehend what two million looked like. No, isn't it awful? Hell of a lot. But we, but we, we use them, and I think... You, you haven't seen War Horse, have you? No, I couldn't go, because um, I knew what the content was going to be. Yeah, and, it, it, um, it, it has a nice ending. <laughs> it has yes. a nice ending. You don't have to worry about the ending. It's, the ending's all right. It's, 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 it's very emotional. Yes. You know, well, but... two friends of mine went, and they said, um, oh, do you think Sarah would like this? And the other one said, no, she definitely oh, wouldn't. Right. <laughs> oh, you should force yourself to go. You should, you should really force... Oh, if, if you like animals... Out. Yeah, but if, if you like animals, it doesn't matter whether you cry. That's the whole idea. It's a Steven Spielberg film. He, he, he sets out to make you cry. Mm. You know, he's, he's very good at, at your emotions. And because it's, it's a film, you can detract yourself and detach yourself from it. But, I mean, do you think it's only dogs that are... Or do you think all pets... Or all animals? All animals. You think all of them? Yes. And um, also, one point with regard to the war horse you were just talking mm. about, a lot of those horses that were in World War I, um, the government couldn't pay to bring them all back. Oh, no. They were sold on mm. to Middle Eastern countries immediately after the war. Yes. No matter whether they were shell-shocked or whatever, mm. they were sold on into... Um, into hard labour into the Middle East. Oh, yes. Country. Oh, it, it would have been pointless to bring them back. Terribly sad. Because they actually couldn't have afforded to uh, to bring things like that back at all. No. It was, I mean, when, when you're looking at thousands and thousands, you would that, that, that would be standard practice, even today, I should imagine. Yes. Even today. But luckily we don't use them, but we used pigeons in yes. the war. We used all sorts of strange things. Yes. Pigeons were whizzing backwards and forwards across, flapping their little wings. But lo lots of those disappeared as well, I'm afraid. So yes. psych psychic pets, you think they've all got it. In the same way that, that we, we probably have it, it's just that they're a little bit more in tune. Yes. Yes, I do believe that. Definitely. Interesting. Sarah, thank you very much indeed for that. That's Sarah, who thinks that animals have a better sense than humans when it actually comes down to that psychic ability of knowing what it is. So I'd love to hear from you, 0845 6060 973. Also, if you've ever used one of those gold companies, without naming the company, I would love to know if you've, if you've ever sold any jewellery. Because I saw this programme on the television. And, um, and it, it, it was quite interesting because they were basically saying that so many of us use these companies now because people just cannot get by. They cannot actually get through the month without either having to sell something or to borrow or to take something from the kids. I'll give you that back later. Hope they forget about it. And then you sell it. You either eBay it because nobody is managing to make ends meet, even though John Lewis took £600 million. I can't believe how much money they took over over the festive season. I mean, we're obviously out there and we obviously enjoy spending money. It's, it's that strange dichotomy, isn't it, of where's this money coming from? And this being one of those long months. We're only up to January the 9th. If you, if you get paid monthly, you're not going to be paid for about another, another what, uh, six, seven days, another week or so. 
It's where you get paid. No, in fact, actually, that's the 15th. Most people get paid sort of last Friday in the month. And then those bills are going to start coming in. And if you're a self-employed person, this month's horrendous. Got your tax bill to pay. There'll be money coming in. Hope you put it to one side. That's always the problem, isn't it? People don't actually... Um, People don't don't save for the rainy day. Years ago, people did. I think it must be an age thing again, where sort of people start saving for the rainy day or saving to get married or saving for the bottom drawer stuff or whatever it was. Now, no, nobody bothers. People are living much more hand-to-mouth. Uh, on the subject of uh, psychic pets, Ian. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Steve. Morning. It's about psychic or, yes. or whatever. Or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one day, nice sunny day, the household cavalry were going down to do the guard change at Horse Guards. Hmm. And when you get to, along the mile to Horse Guards Approach Road, the police horse rides about 100 yards ahead to stop the traffic. And all of a sudden, at that point, the cavalry horses scattered. There were helmets and everybody going everywhere. The horses just went for it. And that was because the police horse in front uh, was having a heart attack, and unfortunately it did die. But they scattered before the horse went down. Good Lord. And that, you know, that was in the papers, it was on the news, it was everything. Don't you think they, um, they, they know then? They know something's happening? They have this, I don't know, inbuilt radar hmm? that something about to happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and my dog does similar things. It, it was just a massive thing that happened. Mm. How the horses knew that this guy was going head. The horse was having a heart attack. Mm. And the, the, they scattered before the horse went, the police horse went down. I'm often curious, Ian, as to, as to whether or not animals actually talk to each other. We know we've, I've, I've heard whales, you know, under, making these, sort of, and do, dolphins and everything else. But, I mean, do dogs actually talk? I know they're doing Disney, but, I mean, do they in real life? Do you think dogs communicate with each other? Well, I think they must do, because when they go up to sniff each other, you know, mm. you, they don't know one another, and they all of a sudden they see this other dog, and they go up and have a little sniff around. Yeah. Um, they, they seem to go round in a circle. And do you think that means something? I think it does. You know, it could be saying, look, don't be afraid of me, I, I'm all right. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, I understand them doing actions, like, you know, a dog rolling over becomes submissive in front, of a, in front of another dog, but I wonder whether or not they actually communicate beyond giving signals out. Well, I think they must, because when the puppies are young, they sort of scream, and Mum know, seems to know yes. what, what's occurring, and she sorts them out. And it's the same with... I've watched pigs squealing and all the rest yes, of it. Yes, yes, yes. They must be saying something, mustn't they? I, I reckon they must be saying something. I, I otherwise, just wouldn't squeal for... You know, perhaps they're squealing because they're hungry, but they all mm. seem to do their little bit. I'd love to know if, if you sort of... If, if you put sort of a couple of dogs in a room and, and with hidden cameras, you just push the food in there so they didn't have any contact with humans, as to what, what they would be doing. Well, I think... Is it uh, Dr Roger Monk? Mudford. Yes, Roger, but yeah, well, he's, he's, he's been on LBC. Man. Yes, he's a he's a behavioralist. Yeah, but I think he knows such a lot about animals. Mm. Give him a ring now, Steve. He'd appreciate sure, it. Sure, he'd be delighted at 13 minutes oh, past what? five in the morning. He'd be Why going, not? hello, Steve. Thank you very much indeed for that one. No, uh, Roger, we used to use on LBC all the time, Ian. So thank you for that one. So we, we think that animals do communicate, but not in the same way. They don't sort of go, woof, 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 and that means something, or meow, meow. That doesn't mean anything either. But, they're, but by their, their very actions, they do something. It's like lions in a pride. I suppose that's, that's the, best, the best analogy I can think of, where you watch them, 
and they had the, they had the case at London Zoo where they've, they've had the um, the cubs born. Oh, just delightful. They really are. Lion cubs are gorgeous. But they had to keep the mother and the father separate and the cubs until he got used to them. Because if you introduce things, all of a sudden, things can go a little bit awry, I'm afraid. Talking about things going awry, there's a story in the paper today. It's on the front page of The Sun. It's about a well-known celebrity chef who, it is alleged, has been shoplifting cheese and wine from Tesco's. And in fact, they actually set up a camera to see. And apparently... He did five shoplifting episodes in just 16 days. And uh, what he was doing, because it, it was only l- low-value goods, but included cheese and bottles of wine. Um, so he, what, what this person, he was ordering blocks of cheese at the deli counter, taking bottles of wine, then putting some things through the scanner, but walking out with the rest. So this is obviously self-service. Because there is that danger, isn't there? Because what you do is, you, when you do the self-scanning, you put your stuff on this. I mean, I love doing it. Because I, mean, I, I could have been a shop assistant. I could have had my own checkout. You know, playing shop was just the best thing ever. So what would you like to buy? I'm sorry, the shop's closed for today. We can't sell you anything else. Uh, I've, got, I've got some plasticine cakes. And you have some money? I'm sorry, the shop's still closed. I'm not selling you anything. And we had fuzzy felt post offices and all the rest of it. But, uh, but when you go and do the, uh, the, the actual checking out, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And so what, obviously, this particular person has done is put the stuff in there. And they know when you've not done it because the, the objects weigh on one side. They're all weighed. It's all, it's all very good. We'll talk more about it in a moment. If, if some people cannot manage it, but I absolutely love doing the, self, the self-serving bit. It's LBC 97.3 at 5.15. News headlines with Sam Pittis. Morning, Steve. A committee of MPs is... Morning, 19 minutes past five. So... So here, here is the story of the TV chef. He's very well known. And, uh, and the staff thought that he was, he was being light-fingered. And he was doing self-service. And when you do self-service, you go along and you touch the thing, which is start. You have your basket with your items on the side. And so immediately the machine weighs them. It knows what, what this stuff is supposed to weigh. And it knows what you've paid for. Because it's clever. And so you take the item and then you go beep, beep, over the barcode and you put it in the bag the other side. You take them all out. What this particular presenter was doing was not actually swiping them. He was taking them out the basket on one side and putting them into the bag on the other. And, and I didn't realise till I read this story that cheese is the most stolen thing in a supermarket. People steal cheese. How bizarre, isn't it? You'd have thought it had been champagne or wines or something like that. I saw a bottle of wine the other day. It was £198. I don't even know bottles of wine. I mean, I know you get expensive bottles of wine. But I looked at this very ordinary bottle of wine, which was white, and I thought, 190, including that, so that was good news, £198. I thought, even in your wildest dreams, and it was, it was under lock and key. Shame they didn't put this stuff under lock and key, but I mean, you wouldn't expect a celebrity chef to be, uh, to be stealing. But there again, the, the, unfortunately, the shame of, of, of celebrities is that they go out and they can... Most of these people have money. You know, you, you, unless it's, unless it's uh, you know, somebody who's really doing it because they haven't got any money. Most people who actually shoplift have the money on them. It's just that they get addicted. And the son have said today that he might be suffering because of the frequency. This isn't just once. This is five times over a period of 16 days. He might be suffering from kleptomania, which is this psychological compulsion to steal for a thrill. It's a case of nobody's going to think that I would steal. It's like the person who's, who's going to steal from you in, in your company is the one that you trust the most. 
Because you'd think, they were, why would you steal from me? But they're, they're the ones. You know, it'll be the trusted accountant, you know, the lady who's been there for donkey's years, robbing you blind. We've had lots of cases of that in, in the newspapers. So it just seems odd, doesn't it? The TV celebrity chef would actually shoplift food. And especially as it's probably not that much. It might be, you know, a couple of quid here, five of there, ten quid there. It's, it's not, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, very much money. But the staff were so shocked when they saw him doing it. Because once you've moved your items over, the machine will then know that what you've done is... <clears throat> excuse me. You haven't put all the items over because it weighs them. It doesn't sort of sound an alarm or anything like that. But I think somewhere on their master control, it must go, this, this basket doesn't, doesn't work out here. He's actually paid for this. But in fact, there must have been more items in there because it weighed this much. So they know. So they then set up a camera to find out whether or not he uh, was actually shoplifting. And it turns out he was. He was given a formal caution by the police. And, uh, but it, it might be an illness. I've, I've known other TV people before who, who've stolen. I've known very rich people. It's this compulsion to steal because you can. And once you've done it, the thrill would be being able to do it again. And the most nicked item? Razor blades. Razor blades. The most, the most stolen item next to cheese, I should imagine. But this particular person is very well known. He's had his business ups and downs. In fact, he's very, very well known, as you'll discover a little bit later on. And, um, and you sort of think to yourself, you must be suffering from some form of illness to go in there and to steal silly little things. But once you've done it once or twice, it, you know, you just obviously keep doing it, I suppose. So uh, he, he didn't have any comment. Quite, I don't know what you say afterwards. Sorry, you've been caught by this. Sh- he, he won't better go in that shop again, because presumably every time he walks in there, they'll be going, he's in, he's in. Look out for it. And you, you can't miss him. You cannot miss him at all. You cannot miss as well. Uh, the Queen, who says today she will not abdicate. She wants to carry on to the end. Uh, there's a new book out. Do you know, I've read so many books about the royal family recently. Just absolutely so many of them. I, I find them a fascinating family. You know, as a, as a psychological study for people, they're completely balmy bonkers. They are completely off the wall. As somebody said, to have one marriage split up, you know, a little bit unfortunate. Two marriages, a little bit careless. Three, we're now bordering on the something the matter with this family. And to lose four marriages, you know, is is really something else. And the the truth of the matter is, they're not quite in the real world. They're a little bit Tamara Eccleston. Tamara Eccleston makes the papers today, telling everybody who can really be bothered to listen to this dreary girl that she's just ordinary... She's just, you know, when she talks about spending all this money and doing all these sort of things, that's just what she does. You know, the fact that she's got three billion, well, she hasn't, but Daddy's got three billion, uh, is, is, is just nothing to do with it. She thinks she's perfectly ordinary. Unfortunately for most people, they go, well, we don't mind you being ordinary. Be ordinary. Just stop going on about it. Stop flaunting your wealth. Stop pushing it. You know, and going, oh, look, what I've just bought this. I've just spent £60 million on a house. And I'm spending £30 million having it done. Up. Shut up. Don't show off. It makes you come over as very vacuous and very empty-headed. It, it gives people the wrong image. Any psychiatrist will tell you that. Nobody likes somebody's money, unless you hang around with a lot of other vacuous, very stupid people. In which case, you know, they probably don't like you either. They're only hanging around you because you've got loads of money, because people who've got loads of money attract other people, don't they? Uh, Pineapple dance irritant Andrew Stone and uh, model, God knows she's boring, Georgie Salper are up for eviction from Celebrity Big Brother House because there are no celebrities in there apart from Michael Madsen. A little bit worrying about how much drink is flowing, but there you go. And um, poor Andrew Stone will we'll never get the message, even if he gets kicked out. We'll talk more about it on the special free podcast 
which will appear at the end of this programme. Uh, it'll probably, it should be up by about 7.30, 8 o'clock, something like that. And, uh, and we'll talk about that there, because I've never known anybody so, so deluded, poor soul. He must spend his life looking in the mirror going, I'm so talented. I'm so talented. And I'm thinking, you're so not. You're so not. It's, uh, but I suppose if, if, if you keep saying it long enough, you, uh, you end up believing it, I suppose. It's one of those things, isn't it? 0845 6060 973. A lot of people saying they're going to kick booze. There's a, uh, a DJ here after the excesses of Christmas. Scott Mills has decided he's going to give up booze, which is good news. And um, I have to be honest, when I used to do gigs, I don't think I ever did one without a drink. I used, to have, uh, I used to have people coming in to see me in, in the clubs I was working, and they would bring me in booze or bring booze up to you. There used to be one girl, and she would bring me in um, uh, little bottles of Southern Comfort, because I was drinking Southern Comfort and Coke. She, she would bring it in, and I never even thought about it. So to actually do, you know, a whole, a whole gig without any, any booze seems unthinkable. I suppose it's like doing a radio programme, isn't it? I have known radio presenters who do... I mean, you can't quite clearly drink at this time of the morning. You know, a pavlova, yes, you could force down. You know, you have to do it in between the ad breaks, you know, and it's, it's, it's proving a little bit tricky. But I'm sort of getting... I'm gradually going through the raspberries on the top of the cream, which is delicious. And the... Anyway, so um, you have to be careful with things like that. But giving... But you, you could never be an alcoholic doing an early breakfast show. I don't think you could anyway. Perhaps I could disprove that theory. John, morning. Hi, Steve. Morning, John. Well, I've waited a long time for this, Steve. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've always wanted to speak to you, and, and now I've got the chance. Well, there you go. It's about cats, Steve. Yes. Uh, we've, we've got a cat. We've always had cats. Right. Every single cat that we've ever had, if they've been laying out in the front garden in the sun, you know, like they do sleeping, yeah. they know as soon as it, my sister's car has turned the road, they know. And my neighbour's cat is the same as well. Just get up and walk down to the gate and wait. They spot cars. Uh, yes. Any, any well, they can probably hear car. a car. You can hear a car. Well, they can sense the, 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 that particular car. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many cars come along, they'll take no notice oh. until the other ones turn the corner of the road. Good Lord. It, that's really strange, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, it, it's not only really strange, but then I, mean, I, I suppose to, to animals that have got hearing like that... It's, yeah. you know, each car must sound completely different. Yeah. Because we know, yeah. because we actually drive cars. I've, I've got a car. I don't know if you have yeah. a car, John, but uh, but you know the sound of your car when you start it up. But it must have an incredible sense of hearing. Because yes. Because it's quite a long way from the, the, well, from the main Well, put it this way, I know that animals have got an incredible sense of, of hearing because you yeah. look at the polar bears. We saw them on the television a short while ago where they oh, can yeah. hear through the ice and they can yes. also smell food up to two miles away. Yeah, so can cats, so can dogs I mean, and cats. You know, dogs and cats, put it this way, cats just sort of wait to be fed. They know roughly at what time of the day it is. Yeah. And they know it's going to appear over there in a bowl. It doesn't make any yeah, difference. They, they aren't going to fall out of love with you because there's no food there, because they know at some point you will put food there. Yeah, that's true, And yeah. cats just sort of want to come and sit on you and go to sleep. Yeah. They don't, you know, you, I, I don't think, I mean, you do get cats that like playing for, but their, their attention span is quite, quite small, I think. Well, they do seem to know if you're ill, or, or you know, yes. they sense all sorts of things, really. But yes, it's it's strange, isn't it? Really. Because I wonder where they learn it from. If if you've got a cat by itself, and it, you know you don't have any other cats, where does it learn it from? I know it's incredible, isn't it? Do you, yeah. do you have any, any other animals? No, not now. We used to have rabbits, and right? Uh, but they were quite intelligent too. Yes, my, my my brother, I've said before, kept kept rabbits before. Now, to be honest with you, I've never quite got into rabbits. Guinea pigs, I liked, and hamsters. Yeah. Which were very interesting. John, thank you for that very much. It sounded like you were just about to start the music up or something there. I saw I heard music coming up underneath. Thank you very much indeed for that. So, cat psychic, they can spot cars. 
Their, their own specific car, not, not anybody else's. So we talk about psychic... Can't find any, anybody this morning who's going to admit to me that they've pawned jewellery before to one of these companies where you, you pop it in a bag and then they write back and go, it's worth so much. Or if you've done that other company, who I keep seeing, I'm very tempted, very tempted, but I'm so worried that um, they're, they're not going to be worth much, where you pack all your CDs in a box and your DVDs and you send them off to somebody and then they send you a cheque back. What happens if you, you, know, you, you send them off and they come back with, uh, we, we're going to give you £20 or something? Because they always go, you always see these adverts, they go, and I got £360. You think, yeah, but you're just an isolated case. It won't be everybody like that. I suppose if you send, you know, first edition copies of Harry Potter and stuff like that, then it's, it's worth money. But I wonder if you've ever done that and what sort of money they're paying for CDs and DVDs. Because I've got no idea. I look at the advert and think, you know, I've got so many DVDs. I wonder if they're worth anything to send off. But I'm, I'm not prepared to let them go for peanuts. I think that's just, that's false economy. That's, that's taking advantage of me. And I don't like that kind of thing. So 0845 60973 and if you've seen Warhorse make you cry make you cry 08456060973 it's LBC it's 5:30 27 minutes to 6 good grief it really is that time come on come on no good lying there in bed going another 10 minutes I'll have I'll have 10 more minutes with Steve Allen then I'll then I'll sort of gingerly put one foot out it's cold I'll get back in bed again that's it. We all do it, don't we? Every time you wake up, and especially Monday morning, Monday morning is, is very specific. I phoned a friend of mine up yesterday. I said, listen, what would you like to do? Would you like to go shopping or go for lunch? So anyway, we ended up shopping. Uh, that was quite good because I bought, bought my pair of jeans and I bought uh, some other little bit. Actually, I, I didn't buy anything spe- particularly special. I bought some air fresheners and stuff like that. Sort of just dumb things that you buy when you, when you kind of feel like it. And, and then when the alarm went off this morning, because I'd had this rotten night and I'm definitely not having beetroot relish ever again. <laughs> Definitely obviously doesn't agree with my stomach at all. So this morning, I, so I'm, I'm feeling a bit queasy. So eventually we, we sort of get in this morning. And, uh, and then lovely Lou has made this fantastic pavlova, which is raspberries. And she found me the other day, so I'm just going to get the ingredients. I can't wait to see what this is like. She's very, very good, you know. I think we should perhaps get her making cakes for the canteen here at Global. She's very, very good. Very good indeed. Uh, something that wasn't very good on the television... And I might want to talk about it on the free the free podcast is uh, is Daybreak, which is which as you know got rid of Adrian Childs and Christine Bleakley, two of the most expensive puppets you've ever seen in the entire world, very expensive. So now Adrian Childs is doing that Sunday night show, and Christine Bleakley is hanging around like a spare part on Dancing on Ice. You don't actually need her there; she doesn't contribute anything to the program at all. She has even less chemistry with Philip Schofield than with Adrian Childs. I mean, she really, you know, it's, it's no good just to stand there. We've said before, having a nice smile is very sweet if you're advertising, you know, a dentistry practice. But unfortunately, when it comes down to presenting, it's lame. It really is not good enough. They say Louis Spence was an interesting choice for what he called dancing on ice. That's what he's written down here. This is Jim Shelley. He said, but uh, it was far too earnest, not really bitchy enough. Yes, I mean, he's, he's obviously trying to play the straight role. Well, straight as he can, I suppose. But it's, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't work. And, uh, and they've got uh, Katerina Witt, or Witt, and Robin Cousins. I like Robin Cousins, but Christine Bleakley. I mean, you know, if you didn't like her in Daybreak, you ain't going to like her on this programme either, because she brings nothing to it. Oh, Pip, Pip Schofield, very good, you know, but he's, he's the consummate professional. He just turns up, does. He probably finds this is so simple, and he's probably thinking, and all she does is just smile. 
with her hair tied back. There's not really a lot you can do with her hair, unfortunately. I'm not being bitter or twisted. Well, just a little tiny bit. And we will be more on the free podcast later on, which you can get by going to the LBC website. If you haven't caught up with last week's, go to lbc.co.uk. And, uh, and there's four of them up there. Four of them up there. So we, we try and weave in as many things that you don't like as, as well as I don't like. Ed. Ed, Ed, Ed. Morning. 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 Morning Steve. How are you doing? Good. Th- oh, dear. You do sound a bit rough. You're right. <laughs> you, you want to see what... See the face that looks back at me in the mirror this morning. <laughs> Don't worry. I have the same problem looking in the mirror. I think somewhere between going to bed, I've died. <laughs> it's not a pleasant thought, let me tell you. Oh, so, dear. Um, Music Magpie, I think, is the, um, is the website. Yeah. Um, and so what do you do? Do you, do, you, do you literally pack up all your CDs that you don't want, put them in a box and send them? Well, basically what you do is obviously you, you register and then you, um, you've got to input either with uh, like your iPhone or by your laptop. The right. um, uh, the barcode on the back. Oh, oh, right. And then and then what it'll do, uh, it'll, it'll type it in, and it'll come up with your CD. And you know, like most things, if it's it, you, you probably only get like fifty, sixty p for a CD or a pound, pound and and pay for for your for your DVD. Um, right. So so think, so you go to the website. Yeah. And presumably you you register. That's right, yeah. Oh, it's a bit I don't like. And uh, and then you type in the barcode numbers on your CD, and it will tell you how much they're prepared to pay for it. Basically, yeah, that's, that's, oh, how, right. that's how it goes, yeah. Um, so you could, you... in fact, play around with it, couldn't you? Just sort of seeing what, what kind of things they're after and what things they're not after. Well, yeah, I mean, you can... Because what you can do is, obviously, you can... You put them in and say, I don't know, how many you've got, uh, 20, 30, 100. Yeah. Um, and then you can save it, and, like, at a later date go in and go bang right you know I'll, 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 I'll do these and they send you out um, they send you out a little um, um, uh, uh, like a prepaid slip right all, all you got to do is box it up take it down the post office um, and I got I think I got 30 quid for, um, for, 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 for must have been something like 15 18 um, CDs because right. all you do is, is I've, had, I've got CDs there years and years old and right. I just put them on, onto the MP3, and after that, you know, you they're there for good. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I've actually downloaded all of my CDs onto uh, onto the computer, and then when I plug yeah. in my iPhone, it downloads all my music. So, if effectively, I, I don't really need it. No, that's right, no. But your, yours um, were old. I'm, I'm trying to gauge roughly what they're, they're paying for a, a CD. Between 60 and 80p, is it, then, you think? Something like that, yeah, right. and probably probably a pound, maybe, maybe a pound 50 for... Um, for a DVD, right? You can, oh. you can do you do games on there as well, yeah. And you always get you always get a bit for games because I've got uh, so many. I mean, I've really got so many DVDs, so many CDs and DVDs. And I'm thinking, you know, would they be any use? And can I turn them into cash? But I, I don't want to sort of get rid of some nice things. If I think that my brother could probably eBay them and get more money. Well, you see, this is it. I mean, um, if you, I, I tried sticking them on eBay or, or even. Um, do it through Amazon, yeah. and and it takes forever. You know, you got to be yes. there. Yes. It's, a, it's a bit, it's a bit like the, like doing books as well. Yes, uh, try try and do do books over the internet. And, well, yeah, I suppose you could almost. You, you, I suppose if you were registered with Amazon, you could try Amazon Marketplace, couldn't you? Yeah, you can you can you can try that. You know, and but then again, it's, it's waiting for someone to to you know who, who, who wants what you got. Yes, um, and 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 then then you got to hassle, negotiate the price. You put down what you think it is. He'll come back with an issue. Come back with an offer. Yeah. You know what they think it is, and then you're back and forward. Where's, where's this? This one. It's you know the price is fixed. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. And you know, and that's it. You know, and, and they don't they don't give you unless it's 
unless what you've sent them is really, really scratched and damaged and yeah. awful, mm. you know. What they, what, the email that they send you up, this is how much we're going to give you, that's what you oh. get. Oh, well, I'm... Ed, thank you for that, because it, you, you've made it a lot clearer to me, because I thought you just packed it off, and then and you sent it to them, and then they sent you a cheque back, and then you'd be a bit stuck. But now now I know how it works, and you go onto the internet, and you, you do the barcode bit at the back, and that will tell you what, what the item is. I'm, I'm much happier about doing that, because then you could put things on there, if you didn't like to take them off again and try something else. You know, like if you've got the latest Harry Potter, they might be offering you a few pounds more, because I'm assuming they buy it, and then they... I don't know what they do. Perhaps they then resell it. I don't know. But you've always got to think with anything that you're ever selling, be it gold jewellery or Rolex watches or Philip Patek, it doesn't matter what it is, you're never going to get the price you think it's worth. You're really not. It's, sometimes it's, it's almost quite disappointing. Quite disappointing. A bit like Christine Bleakley again. Sorry to go back to her again. But uh, they, they voted off already on this... I must mention this on my free podcast, because they voted off Andy uh, from Ex Blue Peter, the first person who was in a dance-off with Heidi Range, and they've kept her, uh, but got rid of him. Um, and to be honest with you, it's... I, I, I do like Philip Schofield. I can't, can't help but like him. Um, but I just think he's on too many programmes. It would be like turning on LBC, and they go, and Steve Allen's here between 4 and 6.30, and he'll be popping up at lunchtime between 1 and 3, and then he'll be back again in the evening. You'll be going, for goodness sake, goodness sake. I mean, how many more programmes does this man want? We used to say it's a joke, actually. Steve Allen's here Monday to Friday, uh, plus he's here, you know, within conversation. Any other programme, get his hands on. Uh, Steve, says Jay Michael, regarding animals being psychic, one might night my dog got quite restless so much so i was awakened i was led to the doorway when an earthquake happened had i been in bed the print above would have fallen possibly causing me some severe damage there you go talk about war films uh which we were and films that make you proud to be british they're saying that you know all these people who feature in the the british war films should be honored because they're they're real people they're not just there's there's actors playing them but they were real people who did great acts of Heroism. That's why I always mention Nurse Edith Cavell, whose statue is just... She gets a huge statue. She gets a really good statue. Richard M. Wapping says, although set primarily before the Second World War, first of the few with Leslie Howard and David Niven tells the story of R.J. Mitchell and his career in aviation, which culminates with the invention of the Spitfire. Superb film. Made me proud to be British. Somebody's just started rebuilding Spitfires again. There was a piece in the paper the other day where they're building them. I can't remember where it is. So they've, they've got, like, quite a little um, like quite a little team of them, or whatever you call. I don't know what you call a load of Spitfires up in the air, but, frankly, without them, we probably wouldn't have uh, got through the Battle of Britain. But we did. Mark the bailiff's off uh, and out this morning, so if you owe money on your car, he's coming to get you. That's what this is where people cling onto the door. Don't take the car, don't take the car. But he has to take it because it's, it, it's gone a long way down the line. Russ in Bermondsey. He says, you're right to be worried about sending CDs and DVDs. Peanuts, you know, is, is what you get. The trouble is, Russell, it's the same with everything. I've always said that, you know, you might spend £13 on a DVD and you go, would you like, would you like to buy this? And people go, not really. And you go, um, would, would you give me £10 for it? And they go, £10? And yet I bought the other day. God, I hope he's not listening. Because Nathan, for Christmas, wanted this, this war game, which goes on a something PlayStation 360 or whatever. I can't remember what it is. It's something bizarre. And we ordered it from Amazon. Faulty. So to save him having to wait by sending the one back, I ordered another one, sent it down there. They're not cheap, these things. They're about £40 or something. And that was faulty too. So I thought, this is just ridiculous. So I go 
into HMV the other day, one of the few branches which is still trading. Although, to be honest with you, getting the staff to pay attention to you is just like, you might as well stand there, start naked, waving a whistle, you know, and, and a torch or something. They just have a total indifference to you. Total indifference. So, you know, we need to buck our ideas up in that department. So I, I buy this, this game, and it's £35. And so I thought, oh, well, that's OK. It's roughly the same price as I paid on Amazon, so that's OK. I walk out with it, and I go, and I look at the front cover... And it's, it's, it's a, a replayed one. So it's a second-hand one I've bought. I, did, I thought I'd bought brand new. I had no idea. And I'm thinking, so they can manage to get £35. I've just paid £35 for this thing. So what have they paid the person who brought it in? £20? Five? I don't know. It doesn't seem very much. But anyway, I paid £35 for it. So perhaps, that, perhaps that's the way forward. But I, I peeled the stickers off the box. I peeled them off the box. Take it into the post office. And the nice man in the post office said, uh, he said, would you like it to be there on Monday? This was on Saturday. And I said, yes. He said, well, that'll be £5.90. I said, how much is it normally? He said, £1.90. I said, he'll have normally. He'll wait for it. Still might get there on Monday, but £5.90. He said, that's guaranteed. <laughs> I said, the item inside's not worth that much. Anyway, they offer, says Russ, between 30p and £3, depending on how many uh, they've got. You then decide if you want the money. They pay their postage. Good if you want to clear your shelves. Yes, I mean, I'd be happier with £3. I wouldn't be happy with 30p, because I think all my stuff's worth money, you see. Because films I've only ever watched once, which is, uh, which is quite nice. Mark is in Fremantle, and he says, I've just arrived at the beach. Oh, how sickening. How sickening. People write, it's pitch dark here in London Town, and you send in a picture at the beach. I mean, do I really want to look at this, somebody hang gliding in the distance? No, I don't. I really don't. It's just really... I mean, I'm, I, I hear that there's a storm brewing in the distance. <laughs> He says, please say hello to my good friend Alan in Morton. He says, I'm going for a swim after I've listened to your programme, because he's in Western Australia. So that's, uh, that's how it works over there. 84850, steve at uk or 08456060973. Are your pet psychic? Have you ever sold gold jewellery? Have you ever sent away your gold jewellery and been more... We can't find anybody. Obviously, the LBC audience is very discerning and don't need money at all, because nobody appears to be selling gold jewellery. Although there must be some of you out there, for the simple reason there's so many of these companies... It's quarter to six. In the LBC 97.3 News Centre, it's, uh, I forgot who it is actually this morning. Sam Pitter. Sorry, Sam. That's all right, Steve. Thank you. A committee of MPs is suggesting... Oh, good, the children are back. Oh, lovely. Ah, uh, chaos everywhere. Mothers getting the four-by-fours out, clogging up the roads. Hammersmith, nightmare. Still not open. Still closed. And here we are, the ninth, although they did say, first week, I'm sure I saw somebody nearly endemic around the country. They're saying there are lots of places where they've, they've got this same concrete and it might be showing signs of fatigue as well. Last thing we need, isn't it? Nick Ferrari will talk about that this morning after the news at seven. He also wants to know whether or not we've lost our sense of humour. Why do we take ourselves so seriously? And people do now. We have no sense of humour. You know, you've, I mean, many's the time I've gone up behind somebody and gone, great, great tracksuit, Ugg boots. I don't think so. It's a bit chavvy. And they've got no sense of humour, these people. You know, there was somebody the other day wearing one of those ghastly pink tracksuits from that um, overinflated chess model thing. And it had little cheap diamond. Oh, it looked... God, I thought, who in their right mind would wear something like... Oh, it just looks so awful. It really was. It just makes people look so... You know, if, if you were chavvy before, you're even... I don't know what the thing is after chavvy. I've got no idea. You just fall off the scale. So they could be talking about sense of humour... Why do we take ourselves so seriously? Schools are back, of course, today. So excited. But the Hammersmith flyover is still closed, apparently due to concrete cancer. 
And this this could be all over the place, I'm afraid. And uh, and also, a stringent lefty and a former member of Thatcher's cabinet will review the Iron Lady, revealing whether it's changed their perception of the first female PM. All of that and, uh, and a full review of the papers with Nick Ferrari from 7 o'clock this morning here on LBC 97.3. And I'm a sneaking feeling I'm, I'm popping up as well, actually, to talk about Bob Holness. Which is very nice indeed, because I like talking about Bob Holness. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We're looking at, uh, at war films today. We're also talking about uh, whether or not we think you're pets. Because they now say that there are stranger things that we don't know about. And dogs and cats and rabbits and budgies, I suppose. And in fact, most pets seem to have this psychic ability. How we harness it, I've got no idea. I'm always curious to find out whether or not you can do these kind of things. And whether or not... If you actually put two dogs and a cat in a room, whether there would be anything between them, whether whether you would sense anything. I mean, do they do they talk or is it just is it what they the, the, the way they behave? I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest that woof, woof, woof means, you know, when we saw that film, Dr. Doolittle, who talks to the animals, you know, conversing with a chimp in chimpanzees. But I think you can. I think you could do it to chimpanzees because I think they're on a different level. You can do the woof, 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 woof. I can't do it. It makes me sound silly. But but you wouldn't do the same. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a dog. Woo, woo, woo. Would you like that? Although I did do it to my godchildren's dog and it stopped in its tracks. So I must have said something interesting. Don! Hello. Hi. Morning. That's a funny story. I've always wondered what, how... I had a dog named Gypsy. Mm. 1975. I lived on an island in the middle of the country. All right. As if you lived in Mexico. It was about... 20 minutes on the dirt road, mm. and then about half an hour on the main road to town. And I said goodbye to Gypsy at the house, and got into town, walked to the bar. He knew the bar I went to, because I did take him to town sometimes. And he was sitting in the bar before I got there. And <laughs> to this day, I have no idea how Gypsy got to the bar before me. How do they know? A 40-minute journey. Must have hitchhiked. I mean... Must have hitchhiked. Total <laughs> mystery. Uh, and you never found out? No. How could I? I mean, how did Gypsy get to uh, La Finca, the bar, before me? How it bizarre. Was, it was... Well, there must be something, bizarre. mustn't there? I mean, they, they mm. obviously... I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm as confused as everybody else is by the whole <laughs> thing. But I'm assuming that they, they do have this ability. Yeah. He was like a little fox. He was the Ibisenko fox. It was mm. like a little fox. Brown dog. And how far away was this bar? About 25 kilometres from the house, at Good least. Good God. Um, and he was sitting in the bar, happily there, waiting for had me. Had he been to the bar before? Yes. yes. Oh, right, so it, because it's strange, because I've, I've, had, I've known people who've had rescue dogs, and the dog has sort of gone back to its new house, but it knows exactly where the old house is. Yeah. It finds it. It might take it a bit of a while, but it finds it. I think it's like, isn't it the same as birds navigating? And you think, how do they know where they are? Yeah, they have this sense, but what gets me is how, how, how in this particular case, mm. how, how it all occurred. The trouble is, Don, we will never know the answer to that. It's going to be one of life's huge mysteries where we all go, I've got no idea how I did that. My friend Lou says our dog and cat used to grunt at each other. Sure, they were dogs and cats. They just, because cats sit there. I mean, we we lost our cat at one point. We had a we had a lovely uh, Persian cat. Well, it, it wasn't it wasn't pure Persian. It was a long haired white cat, and we only called it Persian because there was a, an advert on the television for cosset carpets, and it featured a lovely white cat walking down a carpet rather gracefully. And we used to think our cat was like that. In 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 truth, though, our cat spent most of its time sort of sitting eating grass in the garden, coughing up fur balls. Which the first time it does it in the sitting room, my mother says, "Take the cat outside. It's going to be sick." 
you take the cat outside and the cat goes... <laughs> and eventually coughs up this furball. Because if, if you've got a long-haired cat, they lick their fur and it goes into the stomach. And the, um, the grass made them sick. So anyway, that was our, anyway then our cat went, went missing. And it must have gone missing for about three months. And eventually, we, we, we sort of thought, well, perhaps it's not going to come back, but we'll put an advert in the paper anyway. So my parents put an advert in the paper, and lo and behold, because those are the days when people read local newspapers, um, somebody replied and said, you know, a cat turned up at our doorstep about, uh, about two weeks ago. And um, it, it's a white cat, and it seems to fit your cat's description. Would you like to come and see it? So we, so we, we, we set off, my mother... And me, and I stayed in the car, and we pull up outside this huge house. I mean, I looked at it thinking, it's moved in, it's royalty. It's a very, very posh house. And so the lady opened the front door, and she had a long, long red runner that went all the way down the middle, out to the, out to the back of the house. And our cat was walking towards us. And you could see, the moment it saw my mother, she said to me, she said, you could see the look of disappointment in its face. It's a case of, they found me blast i'm going back to their place whereas i like this house here because cats will always go where they're fed so if you if, if you have a cat from next door that comes and sits in your garden you start feeding it it will then assume that you're the person it goes to for the food because all, all they all they do is eat sleep eat a sl- little bit of exercise sleep again and it is like going back in the room it's a little bit like being hypnotized and uh, so consequently the cat will go there. And a friend of mine, there's been lots of court cases over people who've, uh, who've not fed their cats and left them. And somebody else has started feeding them. And then when it comes to the, the crunch, the person comes to collect their, their cat back. And the person goes, well, I've been feeding it for the past, you know, nine months. Are you going to pay for it? And they go, no. And they go to court and people end up losing because it was their, you know, the other person's cat in the first place. The fact that you were feeding it. Unfortunately, it didn't add to the situation, but uh, our cat was very disappointed. It was never the same, actually. It came back home. You could see it just sort of sat there staring at the walls thinking, I've come back to this. You know, I've had a taste of the high life. It was wonderful. It was, it was lovely, and they loved me and fed me, and I'm back now to that dry food, which I hated so much. Talking of dry food, I'll have to mention this, uh, I, think, I think, on the free podcast for today, and it's the Come Dine With Me. It was a celebrity version. Well, as I say, it's the celebrity version. It had Imogen Thomas and David Van Day, you know, which, which is, I suppose, is roughly as good, isn't it? That's OK, isn't it? I think it's LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. The bank may be the safest place for your money, but Aldermart in Baines and Cuthbert estate agents would argue that it's not the most sensible place. If you have cash on deposit in the... Hello, 18... I can never read this clock from here, honestly. I must get bigger glasses. 18 minutes past six. You know it's 18 minutes past six, because I've just told you it is. And also, the kiddie winks are back to school. I should imagine most of them are probably looking forward to going back to school. Not. Um, and I'm also... I'm not really looking forward to uh, to them going back to school. So it just means the roads will be all clogged up. It'll take you even longer. And if you're coming in, as Andy McCall said a short while ago, you're going to be coming in from the M4, maybe. You'll be coming in from Richmond, and you're going to hit that traffic. Because if, if you know if, if you've avoided it up until now, it's, I'd leave earlier. Take my advice. Take Andy's advice. Leave earlier. So much safer. Phil says, this this problem with, with the concrete in the Hammersmith flyover, there's nothing in there, is there? Oh, I don't know. They used to talk about that, the Mafia, didn't they? You know, certain people propping up certain bridges, you know, on the M1 or the M4 or something like that. I don't know. It's, it is it is a problem with this concrete. And they've said it's a problem that occurs some years later. So you might find it's going to pop up in all sorts of other, in other bridges or concrete structures. 
ridiculous, isn't it? Joyce, morning. Good morning, Steve. Morning. I'm glad to speak to you, but I'm afraid I've got a bad throat, so you'll have to bear with oh, me. Oh, not you as well. It's doing yeah. a route. When did you get that? Well, I heard it since Wednesday. A friend of mine's oh, had it for a week. Antibiotics last Wednesday, yeah, oh, but uh, it's getting better, I think. I hope so, oh. anyway. Anyway, I'm t- I'd like to speak to you about my sister's cat. All right. When I lost my husband, I went round there, and he doesn't like you making a fuss of him, but he comes out on my lap. Starts nuzzling his head against me, and <laughs> you know it felt so strange. And also, when she goes out, Steve, she's got a box, food box with a clock on, so she makes sure that he gets his food because oh. if you put it in the bowl, he eat it all at once. That's right. Is this? So a, she is puts it... it for half past two. All oh, right, yeah. And he sits there. Go. We watched him when we've been there. He sits there every day at half past two, waiting and waits for it to open. And if it doesn't open, he keeps touching it till it, <laughs> he touches the other. Thinking it's broken. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it's broken. But he goes there every day at half past two. It's so funny. Do you know? I mean, I don't know whether or not it's it's normal. But I I thought you just fed dogs when you wanted to. But a friend of mine's got a dog, and he feeds it every day at around twenty past five. Well, by mm. ten past five, the dog is ready to eat. Yeah, and it'll sit there going. Oh. Because it knows that there's yes, food I coming. I think they know. And he goes in the bathroom and turns the tap on so, um, as a drink. So when she goes out, she has to make sure the bathroom door, uh, door is shut. Our cat used to wee in the sink. <laughs> Our cat was so <laughs> really? house-trained, it would wee in the sink. So we used to have to make sure at night that we'd taken the bowl out of the All sink the plant, and any yeah. washing up and plates. Oh, dear. Just in oh, case. Yeah. And I know I'll a lot of cats that drink yes. toilet water. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that as well on the telly. I believe you know my niece, Joy Pack. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, she speaks to you a lot and she knows I love listening to you and she often texts you about me. Good, yeah. that's what we like to hear. Yeah. It's like one anyway, big family. Yeah, yeah, lovely family. Lovely family. Yeah, and it's nice to hear speak to you at last. I saw you at um, oh, Ilf- Ilford one, what was it, Queen's? Yes, you saw me at the yeah, Queen's, yes. You. you waved to me out the window, he's looking at your <laughs> old, <laughs> old car. My old car, which, yeah, I've, which I've changed since then, I have to tell you. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know that, yeah. I might, I might even head down that way later in the year. I'll have oh, to, I'll have to check lovely. it out with Jan. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Got a lot, lot, of, lot of LBC and fans down there. I saw you on there. the television. A lovely uh, about Bob Holney. Yes, on yes. Friday. That was lovely. Nice man, nice man. Very Joyce, nice. Joyce, have a lovely day. And you, and Happy New Year. Good Lord, we're into that, are we? <laughs> well, to you, anyway. <laughs> I thought I'm just about anyway. doing Easter. And um, lovely to speak to you. It's Thanks, lovely. Joyce. Sorry take care. You have a... funny. <laughs> All right, you have a lovely day. Yeah, take care, lovely. Bye. Bye. There's Joyce and Leighton. That's nice, isn't it? We like it. So these these psychic cats are all over the place, you know. They really are. Um, other people... Oh, I was going to read the Paul... I think I'll save it for my special my special podcast. Paul Dannon, who was uh, in Hollyoaks ages ago and then turned out to be a complete idiot, uh, I'm afraid, pitched up on the celebrity Come Dine With Me. And um, talking about... Strangely enough, he was talking about he couldn't eat bacon because he was Jewish. And then proceeded to eat... No, it's that he, he couldn't eat pork because he was Jewish, but proceeded to eat bacon because he didn't think that was pork. He said, it, it's not the same sort of thing. And, and people, people tried to explain to him. In fact, I think David Van Day lost the will to live because Paul Danner was just so stupid. But it was the same programme that had Imogen Thomas on it. So I think I'll talk about them on my free podcast for today. Plus we'll talk about the delusional stars on ice. Is it wearing a bit thin now? Do you think it's wearing a little bit thin, this, this dancing on ice where they sort of drag out... You know, awful things, you know, I don't know. Diana says, I'm so excited today. I'm meeting up with three more of your ardent fans, Sheila, uh, Jill and Jackie. We're all meeting in real life for the first time. Ooh. They're meeting in Cockfosters. Tell Kevin he's a beast. 
Crikey. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, another one here, says, uh, my friend Angela listens to you in Cannes, and we Skype every day. Oh, there you go. And, uh, and Lynn reckons that her daughter went on a school trip. When she was away, the cat took over the duty of unlocking the hutch of the rabbit so it could exercise. <laughs> you sure it was that? It wasn't trying to eat it or something. I don't know what cats eat, actually, a lot of the time. And uh, another one here. Steve, we sold two gold rings to a guy in a shopping centre. £25 and £75. Great. So it depends what they're worth, doesn't it? It depends what they're worth. If, if you think they're actually worth more money, then you have to do that. Another one here. Joe says, found a ring on the street, sold it for 25 quid to a guy buying gold in the shopping centre. They're all there, aren't they? All these, all these people have... Um, have sort of little scales. They say, you know, we, we buy all of this kind of stuff. Uh, maybe poor Louis Spenth is worried that his obnoxious co-choreographer Andrew Who Stone is now getting mocked on Celebrity Big Brother. Apart from being up for the uh, first eviction, I think, uh, Mr Stone has now upped his previously self-proclaimed age of 28 to his true 39, says John in Harrow on the Hill. Thank you very much indeed. Bill. Morning, Bill. Morning, Steve. Morning. Uh, you were on about war films. Yes. There were obviously hundreds of them made. Yeah. They, they raged from the ridiculous right to the very good. But there were two ones. I love history and the war. Yeah. And two authentic ones, which I could, you could also use as, you know, factual films. Mm. And they, uh, the, the first one was The Longest Day. Yes. It was the story of the invasion of Europe, D-Day. Yeah. And just, uh, I think it was made in the early 60s in black and white. William Wyler was the uh, director. And just about everyone who was everyone at the time was in it. A lot of them, unfortunately, are dead now. All yeah. the American pop stars were in it, etc. And it was like um, Anglo-American-German. Yeah. The three languages were in it. I don't know if you ever saw it. I didn't see it, actually. Didn't they use yeah. it? Was that the part of it set in the desert? No, no, oh, no. Oh, it wasn't. No. Oh, there we go. This was um, everybody. John Wayne was... You name them, they were in it. Generals yeah. and everything. The the thing about it, it was made in black and white. In the 90s, yeah. they, they tinted it with colour. And oh, it was no. a complete fiasco because they got a lot of the colours of the uniforms wrong, because there were so many uniforms. Right. So that was a non-starter. But it appears occasionally on yeah. television, normally Christmas time. I didn't know it was And it was a very factual... Of, yeah. Sorry. I didn't know it was hand-coloured. I had no idea. Yeah, it was for a short time. I actually have a copy of the hand-coloured one. Maybe that will be worth so much in years to come. Well, you want to go on um, video, though. Uh, it's a video tape, yeah. yeah I, can, I can convert it on the, to The trouble DVD. is, videos, the, um, after a while, it doesn't make any difference on black and white, but after a while, the actual quality starts deteriorating. Yeah, yeah. And the tapes can break, and then yes. you're in trouble, aren't you? Yes. I'm having a lot of my stuff converted onto DVD. Yeah, well, you can buy you know, a DVD a... player. Well, you buy a video and a DVD mm. player. Yeah, it, it, I should have. do the job. It's... You should do it for, for the simple reason, Bill, you can actually end up saving the, the films that, that you like the best. Because we've all got favourite films. I've, I've got a couple of, of films, and if, when a new version comes out, or, you know, I, I find a cleaner version, because I've had some... I've bought some stuff before, and I've bought copies. I didn't realise I was buying copies, and that drives me absolutely crackers, because it, it's, it's very misrepresentative. I did buy that the night they, they gave away the babies, I think, and, which was called Something Else. And, um, and it, was a, it was an outright copy. I should have written back to the people, but I thought, no, no, just ignore it. Let, let it go away. And then found another copy, which had come from Japan, and it was absolutely perfect, absolutely perfect. So I, I, I was able to see the film as it uh, it should have been. Very difficult to find you this morning, telling us uh, whether or not you've sold jewellery. And yet all these uh, all these companies that are springing up are um, 
are actually sort of, um, you know, making a small fortune. In fact, the one that they were ab- that they were sort of putting through on the television the other day where people were selling their watches and gold jewels. Some people just went backwards and forwards. And it was obviously short-term loans. So you give them a ring and they then offer you so much money. You have the money and then you're, you're paying interest on it. But the interest rates were 86%, 85%, 50%. And I just thought they're just out of all proportion. And the argument from the companies is, oh, well, they're only short-term loans. So that's why when you see them on the television with 6,850%, and stuff like that, you, you really have to be so very careful. It must be a last resort for many people. It really must be a last resort. Uh, very quickly, uh, Brian says, the Hammersmith Roundabout, running free. Well, that's good at this time of the morning. I quite like that, actually. Although it is going to be chock-a-block later, absolutely chock-a-block. So if you're heading down for Hammersmith and you've got the kids and you've got to go that way to school, then what you, uh, what you need to do is set off a little bit earlier because it will be backing all up onto the Chiswick flyover, I should imagine. Uh, Steve, I don't like people who dress up dogs. Now, I'm not big on people who dress up dogs either, even though my godchildren have dressed up their, their dog. He's got a little... He's had a little Father Christmas outfit. <laughs> don't even ask. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, he's got a little little parka with a little, little fur collar on. It's not normal, is it? I don't know why. I mean, I, I try to bite my lip and say nothing to them. Listen, uh, we'll have the free podcast for you up a little bit later on this morning. In fact, it should be up in about an hour's time, so you can download that from the LBC website. It will not cost you a penny piece, and it's got all the slightly naughty, risque bits. I'm saying that now just to encourage more of you to go for it. It's not risque at all. It's just, just one person's opinion of a few non-entities in the celebrity world of show business, which we embrace with both hands round their necks. So I'll be back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. God and Pavlova winning. I shall leave you in the very capable hands this morning of Nick Ferrari, who's with you after the news at 7 o'clock. First of all, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. Hey there, business trainer.